Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are live at the Wrestling Inc. podcast on Friday nights. Big night in professional wrestling with AEW Rampage and Friday Night SmackDown's both big follow-ups, Friday Night SmackDown, the follow-up to SummerSlam, Rampage, the follow-up to CM Punk. And we have a very special guest because it never gets busy enough around here at Wrestling Inc. The founder of Wrestling Inc., Raj Giri. Friday Night Raj will be with us briefly to talk about the news. How you doing, Raj? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Also uh, joined by our returning champion, NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa. What's up, Issa? Not much. What's going on? Happy uh, Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. A lot is going on, uh, not the least of which are the AEW Dynamite ratings, which uh, came in huge. They were the second biggest demo of uh, AEW history and the third biggest rating ever with 1.172 million viewers. According to Showbuzz Daily, this is up 20% from last week, uh, which drew 975,000. Uh, a monster number, 620,000 in the 18 to 49. So CM Punk's return, not only doing big numbers for Rampage when it really wasn't even advertised, but his advertised appearance on Dynamite did uh, essentially their second biggest number ever. What did you think about that, Raj? I thought it was kind of disappointing, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought, I honestly, after the number that they did on Rampage, I thought Punk was going to do like 1.4. I mean, I thought it was going to be way beyond Rampage when they did a 0. 0.5, 0. 0.53, right? Yeah. That they yeah. did on. Yeah. I thought they were going to hit 0. 0.55, 0. 0.56. I, I mean, honestly, I thought. I thought we were going to hit new new highs on on Wednesday, and yeah. when it when the number comes back and it's like they didn't even top their viewership number for the year, and this was his first appearance. You know, there's only four money CM Punk appearances. It's his first uh, promo, his first big angle, his first big match, and you know, and then the aftermath aftermath of that match. So I I, I, I thought it was. Do you think it was because the show was probably not the most exciting dynamite they put on in a while? Even by the time Punk came out and said words, I felt like, when are we going to get to it? Because it was getting, you know. No, I agree 100%. But, you you know, even last Friday, that dynamite kind of sucked as far as a marquee lineup. Yeah. Once once Punk was done, it was like, why are we, you know, you can, you can leave. I, it, the fact that they have not loaded up these shows. It's kind of like it's all punk, and you could watch these top stars of ours do their thing. I think is a big mistake. And you yeah. you know I and also with punk, I I feel like you look at TNA when they brought in Kurt Angle, it was a big deal for a few months. I mean no no sorry a few weeks, and then it just he just becomes another top guy. You watch WCW when they brought in. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and you put them in a big angle, and that changes the business. If they want to change the business, Punk can't be just another guy, just wrestling their other guys. 
he needs to be put in a big storyline. Yes, that's my opinion. Very creative because you're already kind of seeing the diminishing marginal returns for CM Punk. And I was talking about this uh, with Justin this past Wednesday on our pod with AEW in that it was a lot of filler. And I was shocked at how much filler was on this AEW Dynamite show for such a show that you're going to get CM Punk. It's one of those moments similar to, you know, when The Rock would come by WWE. And it's like, okay, you have all eyes on your product right now. You need to put your best foot forward. This, I thought, should have been built like a mini pay-per-view in some respects because it was a dynamite with CM Punk. This is your flagship show. Agreed. And, uh, I even questioned their opening match. Yeah, yeah. I questioned the opening match. It's like you have everybody tuning in to see CM Punk, and you put out Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy in a field that nobody's really invested on. Not the smartest choice. No, you, you, the finish of the match is someone's hands in their pocket. You're getting a potential new audience, and that's the first thing you want them to see. And Matt Hardy busted open. Yeah, I mean yeah, that you that. can't help. That wasn't planned, but. I mean, what the hell, man? I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This, You can only do CM Punk's first appearance again. Yeah. Granted, you can put him in a hot angle, but that opportunity is now gone. And mm-hmm. Raw beat them by 33% this week. Dynamite. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like... This was supposed to be the closest that it would be, yeah. and I think it was an opportunity blown. Yeah, and that it does look like it's going to take a major angle for now that CM Punk is here. He's a big star, but it's not like a John Cena situation where John Cena returning sold a bunch of tickets, and who knows how the ticket sales are going to be affected and whatnot, but I felt like John Cena is a big enough name on his own to where they could have just promoted him and the ratings were going to be very steady. But CM Punk, it looks like not only they're going to have to promote him, but he is going to have to be involved in a lot of these big storylines and things that people want to see CM Punk do rather than, okay, CM Punk is here. Right. You need to do more than just, hey, CM Punk. Because already, the novelty has already worn off. In today's society, we get tired quickly. CM Punk's debut does not feel like one week ago. It feels like three weeks ago. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. And honestly, even... Um, out of the entire show, I think the the one thing that popped me the most was the taste of Daniel Bryan. So it's almost like let's just move <laughs> on to the next big debut because this one we're done with this already. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But even Daniel Bryan, I feel like it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be like a week or two where it's like everyone's going to be going like, oh my god, Daniel Bryan, and then it's going to be like, okay. Oh, it, it, is he feuding with? Uh, is he feuding with? You know, Kip Sabian. What do you do with him after that? QT Marshall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to get them in a money-making feud. You need to put them in a money program. Otherwise, it's money wasted. Yeah, and to be fair to AEW, I'm sure they've got a plan for CM Punk. I don't think CM Punk would have returned if he didn't think they did have a plan. And I'm sure there are going to be things that they're doing. I'm very much looking forward to CM Punk and Darby Allen. I think there's a good story to be told. I, I expect that to actually go past all out. But uh, hopefully they have oh. more things for CM Punk. Uh, to do. I expect uh, CM Punk to main event everything until his contract is up because that's why he left WWE, you know? So right. <laughs> I would assume yeah. that's like in the contract. I'll just say this I right now. Main event. <laughs> I'm getting some hate in the chat, but CM Punk versus Darby Allen, is that a dream match to you guys? I don't think it's a dream no, match. No, it's creatively fulfilling, but it'll be a dream match maybe a couple of years. Maybe if Darby Allen ever goes to WWE and comes back, uh, who knows? Right. Uh, but not right now. But we need him in something big. 
Sure. Yeah. This That's is a great opening feud for CM Punk uh, in, in, in that, like, it's not necessarily the dream match that I'm sure a lot of people are booking him to be in, but it is a very high caliber feud for, you know, see, Darby Allen would be the first name out of right. a lot of people's mouths, especially AEW's audience, when you're talking about who do you want to see CM Punk work with. Right. No, yeah, well, absolutely. Before, before the feud, I will say Darby would have been the last. Until they started teasing it, that would have not been what was in my brain of all of the CM right. Punk matches I wanted to see. And all these people scorning me in the chat, you need to put Punk in something that's going to boost business before he becomes any, you know, just every day. Like John Moxley. John Moxley now, you put him in something, it's not going to move ratings. And we don't, we don't want to get Punk in there yet. Let's go to some of the super chats that we have here uh, that aren't being mean to Raj. Uh, Luis Trace. <laughs> For a dollar ninety nine, says why isn't your family line uh, in the delivery? Talking about Roman Reigns, of course. We're going to get into that. I very much like Roman Reigns tonight. Uh, continue to yeah, let's, let's, let's get some of the ones I'm, that are hating on me. I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> I love Raj. Raj wants his mofo. Yeah, bring it on, Raj mofos. Let's do it. Go four ninety nine, Raj. Any update on Adam Cole? I feel like he's not staying if he's not on SD or Raw next week. If he hasn't left already. Uh, you know, I think he's gone. I agree. Wherever he ends up, he he's not going to impact. Why would you do that to yourself? Right. Yeah, very much. <laughs> AEW, they're, they're having fun with it already. You see AEW's marketing strategy a lot is this dog whistling where they're not going to really say much on TV. But, right. you know, the Young Bucks changing their bio. There's all these Easter eggs in BTE. So I would right. be shocked if he didn't show up yeah. in AEW. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, front of the show, that second hour after Punk's promo was god-awful. How do you have a squash match with Brock Black and Brock Alistair, and, and Brock Anderson main eventing your show? I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, him, and Brock but... didn't even die. Like, we were waiting for the murder of it, and he was just fine. Like He should have been killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a very dark AEW title. And that should have been an opening match. That should not have been a main event. That was the lowest quarter and the um, least watched quarter. So uh, here's some fantasy booking wrestling enthusiasts for a dollar ninety nine. A Punk MJF feud would have been a great start. Yes. Oh, we'll get to that. Yes, but instead we're gonna get Jericho and MJF for the hundredth time. Yeah, yeah. you're not intrigued by Jericho's career being on the line. No. Is you know, as as far as a storyline standpoint, they're doing all the things right, but I could care less. I do like that they they did have Jericho say, "I'll just go to the commentary desk" because that does seem more like he's heading. So it made it more because if he said I'm gone forever, you know that he's winning. But by him saying he's going to the commentary desk, it does kind of leave a little. He said I will not wrestle in AEW, so he's clearly going to challenge Christian for the Impact title. Oh well, there you go. He he was very careful (laughs) about that saying. Yes, he was. Not going to be in AEW. That is Mm -hmm. good call. Forbidden door, never forget. Sam V, where is Tony Storm? Where did what did I miss on tonight's show? Well, Tony Storm, who knows? I hope uh, I hope it's a creative thing. Just because we're in a you know who knows? Yeah, uh, but she's not around. Uh, well, let's get to some other news here. Um, Wait, uh, there was no hate. I was hoping for some hate. There's okay. no hate. Is there any super chat? I mean, we could. I'm looking through the comments to see that. Hey, no hate. You know, a lot of support for you uh, toward the end. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, "Go get him, Raj." Let's see. Someone that 
Darby is someone, someone come for Raj, please. Let someone, I'm, I'm here to. Let I'm me here. grab my burner. I'm, I'm here to fight. Spicy take that seems like it's supporting you. This is uh, there are no dream matches for Punk and AW. Wow, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know about zero. I, I wouldn't say dream matches. Probably not. Yeah, yet. Let him hate Raj. Set <laughs> you free. See, Tim. Yeah, he's on my side. Tim okay, here's it. one. Uh, uh, All right, let's see. Michael Virus. Raj equals no patience. <laughs> How often have I had patience and it's led to bullshit? How often? Thank you. Let it How play often? out. Doesn't work anymore. They're like retribution. Oh, uh, you know, I'm, this guy is carrying a five pound brick and can't throw it through the wall. And everyone's like, just give it patience. Just let it, let it build. Let's leave, let's see where it goes. Retribution. It could be a big thing. Now, to play AEW apologists, what, what if they say, well, with AEW, they tend to reward people for waiting and they, they don't string things out? Like who? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the storyline with Kenny Omega. A lot of people were freaking out about Kenny Omega, and that's one of the things Red I saw Maker. about when people said wait. They said, oh, Kenny Omega's in the tag team division. They're already burying him. And it was just wait. He'll be a world champion one day, and they seem to deliver on that. Here's the thing. You can always – say like oh this has been in the bill the build for four years or whatever and this has always been the plan but until it plays through you can't say it you know what i mean and yeah, no. anyway i definitely agree right you're out of touch you're out of touch you're a wwe apologist but you are right no i'm not uh, I'm wwe is way worse <laughs> No, you're the, yeah, all very uh, fair points. I definitely agree in terms of uh, the kind of uh, fumbling of the ball with CM Punk. Like, uh, like Mike Tyson and Jericho is like, oh, they're 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 feuding all of a sudden. Oh, well, this is you know just the first cog in the story wheel. You know, there's been on. a lot of things that Brandy Rhodes did that kind of petered out. That yeah, you know, we're told to wait. The demon little uh, whatever faction she had for there for a couple weeks. Yeah. It's like a nightmare uh, family. All right. Okay, well, the CM Punk uh, patter continues. Uh, we will move on with the news as uh, Brock Lesnar's WWE return. It was reportedly put together at the last minute. That's speculated by a lot of people. It does seem like there was, in part, a reaction to CM Punk signing with AEW. A Wrestling Observer newsletter reporting that Lesnar's return was a last-minute deal. Uh, one of the reasons it was put together was John Cena leaving, um, which seems to be more of a piece of the pie as well as CM Punk. Uh, signing with AEW. Brock Lesnar signed through 2023. Uh, what do you guys think, starting with you, Raj, about Brock Lesnar's return and what this will mean going forward for WWE? I think Brock's awesome. He he just he's just a difference maker. Anytime he's on, he Roman would be the same thing if he wasn't on every week. Anytime he'd be on, it would be that kind of thing. He's uh, you know, he's awesome. Uh what, what I, I don't know I, I i can't even think of anything else i can say he's there are few people there's no one actually i would say that has that kind of aura that he brings where it's just like holy shit this guy you can't have matt jackson against brock lesnar he'll he'll sell for him he'll do it but eh. yeah. brock lesnar is a different kind of beast and he, the kind of uh, credibility, the believability he brings is just uh, a different level. 
Issa, let me ask you this. Uh, would, are you more excited about CM Punk's first match in AEW or Brock Lesnar's upcoming match against Roman Reigns? And be, uh, you know, be fair. That's <laughs> well, dirty. You're doing me dirty. But I have to say, CM Punk, we've seen Roman and Brock Lesnar multiple times. And I am an advocate for the fans shouldn't get that match again because they crapped all over it in the past. So why get it now? Because Roman is awesome. No, whatever. You all sold out when they main evented that WrestleMania, which they should have not main event to begin with, but that's not their fault, right? So um, CM Punk, we've been waiting a long time for this. But after that, like Raj said, how do you book CM Punk? What do you put him on? Because then Brock having eight matches, they're not all going to be against Roman. And friendly CM Punk is only going to be entertaining for so long. Like, hey, hey, Darby, we're going to have a good match. Hey, this could be fun. That's entertaining for a week or two. At some point, it, it, we need shit talking CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. Babyface versus Babyface feuds will only take you so far. There needs to be a real story, and and you know who knows one of these guys. I think is going to turn heel. Maybe, oh, but we're going to have a good I match. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> You're my favorite wrestler. Oh, oh, oh. This is wrong. It'll be nice. Hmm? <laughs> That's a killer CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk come with the frog. <laughs> Zook and Nicholas is Raj trying to get booed and getting compliments. Now you know how Jesus Roman feels. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for one message. Come on. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Come at Raj in the chat. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited about Brock Lesnar being back. It was a fun reaction that he had. And uh, we'll so see good. what we'll do with him and Roman. What, a, what an amazing. Can I ask you guys this? What has been a better week as a wrestling fan than this one? Well, the last seven days. Yeah, no, it's been insane the last seven yeah. days. Like, Issa, you were at SummerSlam six days ago. <laughs> yes, I was, and I'm going to be in Chicago next week. Come on, you can't beat oh, this. Awesome. Like, right now, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan and to cover wrestling. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt that. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad and I still I got that Instagram that. password. I still got that Instagram <laughs> password, so Chicago better watch out. <laughs> Check out wrestling's Instagram, uh, especially Instagram Live and the stories. Those are great. <laughs> Um, NXT looks like it revealed a new logo and theme song. Definitely, it's kind of a rainbow-colored logo. You have to go on, uh, kind of spray paint. It kind of reminds me—it's actually paint, like of the Nasty Boys old, how their gear was kind of painted. That's kind of what it looks like. And then Wale is going to be doing the new theme. It looks like he tweeted out the logo. What do you guys think of the new NXT logo and theme? Starting with you, Issa. I think that there is a lot bigger things to worry about in NXT than the logo. The way people were reacting to this when I'm like, really? That, that's what we're going to criticize about NXT right now? How oh, I liked it. I like the colors. I think we got NXT. Everything is all yellow and black everywhere. So why not change it up? Yeah. I like it. Uh, to your point, Issa, every week it's like a garage with people in the front row and it's just yellow and black, yellow and black. Everything has to be yellow and black. This is bringing in some color. We need some energy. You know, you look at NXT versus AEW, and it's just like AEW's got colorful logos and everything flying at the screen. NXT is, is black and gold, black and gold, black and gold. I think it's a welcome change. Yeah. NXT Definitely. has been the lowest production quality of any show outside of impact wrestling on cable tv they need something i don't necessarily agree that they need to find bodybuilders and you know and not sign independent wrestlers but the production 
they need something because they've been yeah. dropping. Yeah, yeah. They're the like, least successful like, promotion. He still feels like we're in the pandemic. Yeah, 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 it definitely does, especially in the CWC. And it's kind of very dull and kind of grim. And to have this colorful logo, especially if you look at the NXT brand right now, just as a whole, it seems broken. Between them losing the Wednesday Night Wars and now all this revamp, it definitely needs, like, you look at that NXT logo and it's kind of associated with this bad right. stamping. This is exactly what it needs right now is like a revamp uh, in the new era, which is what they're exactly going for. Absolutely. Okay, we have another. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Raj, truth, Brett Murphy <laughs> for five dollars says, "Raj, I want the damn truth. Do you hate Brock Lesnar's ponytail?" I did at first. I'm say no. But what? I did at first. Wow. All right, Issa, wow. let's have it. Ponytail Brock Lesnar can get it. <laughs> I think <laughs> the, the the picture of Brock like doing his hair and like tying the. The rubber band, just that visual. You it think takes... he does his hair? He's married to Sable. She's back there doing that hair. Come on. But him saying, "Hey, Sable, can you come and twirl my hair and then put it in a little, you know, like that." When I think of Caveman Brock, him like twirling his hair and having someone tie it in a rubber band, I don't know. It just that's not how I picture Brock asking for. <laughs> We should get a promo Brock Lesnar while he's talking. Sonny or Sable is doing his hair and just kind of tying it in the knots while he's talking to Roman Reigns. <laughs> no, have him doing it. Have him just being like twirling his finger and keeping messing up. <laughs> Come on, Isa. I love ponytail Brock. I love I love all versions. He looks badass. I, I like the end result. Yeah. The picture of what it took to get there. I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that's a good point, but he definitely he pulled it off. He's just such a tough guy that I'm not going to question. He has a tram stamp. I mean, he has all kinds of things that you're not going to question Brock Lesnar's toughness. He can do whatever I'm not going to be like, excuse me, excuse me, Brock. Excuse me. <laughs> you know what? Picture of hair. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put your ponytail. Uh, did you do it or did the sable do it? Mm-hmm. I personally love it. I feel like all Brock Lesnar returns have felt the same because this dude is always a beast and always looks the same. Where this one, no Paul Heyman and him coming out looking completely different is just special. It felt different. You know what I love with Brock? Every time he's back, and and with Roman on top too, they fill a void. Like there is this athletic, smaller guy. It just moves, void this thing happening and they bring that badass like toughest guy in the world vibe which is kind of missing a lot no one is going to think kenny omega is the toughest guy in the world and i love kenny omega but brock brings that vibe like no one is standing up to him roman reigns has that vibe too no one is gonna step up to him and it's kind of a dying thing you still step up to Roman Reigns, but for a completely different. Oh, I volunteer anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your point, Raj, uh, our, our next story: uh, WWE reportedly, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, is done scouting indie talent for the time being. They're more looking to build from in-house. Uh, we've heard stories about younger guys, but uh, as of right now, WWE is done scouting indie talent. What do you think about that, Raj? I think it's short-sighted. I think. You know, you know. I think if you look at the real world again, I think you look at Conor McGregor, uh, Mayweather, um, uh, Canelo Alvarez, uh, uh, George St. Pierre. 
all these superstars are not giant, huge, muscular uh, airport attention grabbers, right? Like, you can have charisma, you can have main event charisma, and not be 6'4", 320 pounds. And I just think, like, WWE keeps getting caught in that that side of thinking. Of course, you see a Drew McIntyre at the airport, he, he's going to grab attention. But the draws that we're seeing nowadays in the real world, they're not those giants. Tyson Fury doesn't get the same amount of pay-per-view buys as Pacquiao. So we got to adjust. We got to figure out, okay, um, Drew McIntyre versus Rey Mysterio might seem ridiculous. Like, how do we make this work? Like, do we have another weight division? Whatever we do, but there are superstars that are being created in the real world in combat sports that aren't giants. Yeah, but to your point, Raj, I also feel that the indies don't feel like they did a few years ago where NXT was just scouting them all. Like, you go to an indie show now, and it's full of AEW slash Impact guys. There might not be any guys for WWE to scoop up at the moment because they already have been. Right. Yeah. And uh, the thing about small guys, I completely agree with that, that there are superstars, you know, world-renowned in terms of smaller guys. But I do think that even though I think they can be superstars in pro wrestling, too, and given the chance, look at Darby Allen. Uh, when you're willing to take that chance and willing to actually invest in these smaller talents, they could definitely be stars. But to the layman, so like the mainstream, in terms of what I think WWE is going for, in a wrestling company with no weight divisions, it is a tough sell to see smaller guys go against a guy like Drew McIntyre and beat them. And because people watching wrestling who are kind of outsiders are always looking for why it's fake and how it's fake. And I mean, I have a bunch of people over for WrestleMania who don't typically watch wrestling. And anytime almost would even sell, anytime somebody would even hit almost, and it seemed like it's convincing that this guy's being this giant. They're like, no freaking way. This giant would have killed everybody in 10 seconds. Like, they're not necessarily looking at it the same way as I think uh, an inside wrestling fan would look at a small guy and their potential. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've got some uh, Super Chats. One more for Rod, Brett Murphy. And now, Rod, trump on Brock Lesnar's ponytail and take it away. Oh, God. No. His ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's over. It looks like a dick sticking out of his head. A dick sticking out of his head. What is up with the dick out of his head? Friday Night Raj, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this one for you, Issa. Sean Wiley for $5. Issa, would you rather be Roman Reigns' publicist for yes. a year or would you rather book oh. AEW for the next year? I think we have our answer there, Sean Wiley. Thank you uh, for the super <laughs> I mean, come on. What, 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 what kind of question is that? <laughs> what, yeah. The answer is yes. Okay, finally, we, there's an exclusive from Cassidy Haynes of Vitaslam.net. He's a guy who originally reported that Daniel Bryan was on his way to AEW, and he says that Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, as he will be known, is set to make his AEW debut at All Out. Do you think this would be a good move if it happened, Raj? I think it's too soon. I think wait for Ashton uh, Arthur Ash. Okay. I think. Wouldn't you want him on the card for Ash for Arthur Ash? Yeah, uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan. Yes, I, I just feel yeah. like for All Out, I think it's too soon. That's next week, right? Next week, or is it two weeks? September fifth. Um, next weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's next weekend. I just feel like there's too much buzz with CM Punk. Let it subside, and you know, I just don't think it. 
and you know, maybe their their thinking is that one two punch of boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't know. I, I again, I think they need to have a big storyline for these guys. Punk versus Darby Allen, fine. You get him a match. It has to be something big after that. Otherwise, you're wasting it away. It's Kurt Angle and TNA. You get him. You got the Samoa Joe thing, and then it, he just becomes a guy. You need to do something more. You need to make him a national hall. You need to find that angle that changes business as opposed to just being another big guy on your roster. In How opinion. would you book it, Raj, if you don't mind me asking? If you had the opportunity to book CM Punk's next feud after Darby, what would you book for him? Oof. Huh. Man, that's tough <laughs> on the spot. If I had to do it, I would try to do something where he is unimpressed with the AEW guys. Right. That's what I was going to say. Bring another, like, bring Daniel Bryan if you're doing it and make them be the outsiders that are here to tell the elite they suck. Right. And then Dan yeah. Lambert can talk for them. That would be great. Yeah, Dan Lambert's a little too far. But being <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, you know, like just being anti AEW, you can't do the outsiders thing that's been done. It would be too transparent, but just being something like these guys aren't on my level. Why did I leave? Yeah, like minor leagues. Like you guys are minor leagues. I'm right. Pop that. Yeah. <laughs> I know CM Punk could pull something like that off, but it would come off. I don't think it would come off as genuine. Uh, I think CM Punk has been doing a good job being like a genuine person in terms of his character. And I think we all know the reason he's come to AEW is because he wants to work with all these young guys. So that would be like an about face of what he just said a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. like, I would like to see him as a heel, but I don't know if I would like to see CM Punk be the guy who says, oh, I don't want to work. You know, he's one of the Well, what if he guys. did something like after me, Darby? He's like, that was kind of a hard match. You know, just kind of blowing him off a little bit. You know, just kind of a little bit. And, and you know, people coming up to him... Uh, uh, you know, Jungle Boy, and, he, and CM Punk's like, no offense, I kind of already beat somebody that's already better than you. You know, just kind of being quasi-arrogant, because CM Punk has that arrogant mm-hmm. side to him, and just playing off of that. And I think being that better than everyone, and then Daniel Bryan coming in, and just those two just kind of being like, Looking down on AEW again, maybe it's yeah. too uh, too close too to soon, the outsiders. But you could but... get to it maybe in a couple of months from now after the aura and they we're all in love with them, you know, fades away. That could be a great angle for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, I think that that WWE narrative is on its way of becoming a huge thing that kind of clouds over AEW. People are going to start pushing back, like God, all these WWE guys. So if you know, they're able to play off of that and really kind of, you know, yeah. needle the fans in that way. I think it would be very powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me tonight. Thank you, Roger. You got an impression. Thank you, Roger. Right. Thank you so much. for getting Ooh, show good. Show good. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Friday night, <laughs> okay. Roger. Bye, guys. All right. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, no. He just kicked me out. He kicked me out. What the hell? I was about to start drinking. I was about to start drinking. Be like, all right, I got the night off. (laughs) (laughs) How fun was that? Uh, We'll go into a SmackDown and a Rampage. We'll start with uh, SmackDown, if you don't mind, Issa. I I don't mind at all. Yeah. Absolutely. Rebecca Lynch returned uh, SummerSlam, and so she returned and opened up SmackDown. 
Uh, she definitely, there were reports about her possibly being heel. And if you watch the segment, it seems like that's the direction they're taking. She comes out. She does a Conor McGregor line. I apologize to absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. Beautiful. Absolutely nobody. It was a great promo from Conor. Yeah. And Becky did it justice. Uh, and then uh, yeah. then we get the chain of challengers. First, Bianca comes out, challenges her tonight. Bianca wants her on site. And then Zelina comes out. And then Carmella comes out. Liv Morgan comes out. And then Becky just blows them all off, says, nah. And then walks off. Uh, before we get into the match that they had, what did you think about the opening segment, Issa? All right. So first of all, mayor respect to Becky Lynch. I thought it was hilarious that she didn't used to show her midriff in the past. And now she oh, had yeah. a baby and come back with a crop top showing her abs. Everybody knows Becky Lynch had the best abs in the business, even before getting pregnant. I always was like, why doesn't she show them off? So for her to come back showing that off, props to her like it shows that she's been putting in the work for her comeback right um at the pop i, I will see where this heel turn goes but she did get a humongous ovation when that oh, music yeah. hits and it's giving me flashbacks of the first time they try to turn her heel and that whole thing just fell flat because the crowd was not going to turn on becky lynch i did like the way that she played with the crowd and the way that she played with um with bianca belair like yeah no i don't have to give you this match you know i i absolutely loved it i thought that her speaking about everything in wrestling is about timing and having the perfect timing completely excuses what she did you know on yeah. SummerSlam because it's like hey sasha was out i saw an opportunity i took it that's the smart person that has been doing this for a long time now i was happy to see Liv because we haven't seen her on tv in quite a while that being said why is selena vega who has yet to win a match since she returned <laughs> is involved in this and carmela why were they involved in this like you know you could have just brought out tony storm i know somebody was asking about her in the chat earlier there was other people that you could have brought out maybe you're creatively protecting them but you have to do something different. Naomi was backstage looking for yeah. a match, and Sonia was like, I didn't even know you were here. So I don't like the fact that they let two people that should not be anywhere near the title contention be part of this number one contender match. Yeah, it's crazy. They do a bad job building up contenders on the merits of wins and losses and why they should be contenders. And it's so crazy because you watch NXT, and they're better than anybody, I think, in wrestling, especially with their women at building a row of challengers. Like, they'll build their dominant champion, and then you have multiple women winning matches, having a legitimate case at that title, and that's how they set up all their feuds. And WWE, it's like the women who are here are just here, and they're going to challenge whenever they want. It's just like an open mic policy for the world championship, which I it does definitely stands out it's the same uh, challenges every single week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I just, I, it also seemed unfair and I get it. It's the booking, but it also seemed unfair for the person that won the Royal Rumble, the main event of WrestleMania to have her wrestle her way back into a rematch where most yeah. people just get it, get it by coming back and saying, Hey, I want a rematch. It's like, Hey, you guys already kind of did her dirty. Let's not do the whole underdog has to fight her way to the top. Again, she shouldn't have to fight her way to the top. It was, BS the way that she lost. Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought Bianca did look great on the mic. Um, I like seeing a little bit of edge and I like seeing her angry about losing her title saying, hey, I accepted your challenge. Why don't you take mine without being unprepared? You know, I did enjoy that. Absolutely. Uh, they get to the match and it was Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan, Carmela and Zelina Vega. It was an elimination match. 
Uh, it, it, the first two falls were pretty quick, and I thought Liv looked really good in this match, especially when it got down yeah. to her and Bianca. They did some stuff. Uh, Liv ended up getting dropped face first and missed Bianca on the turnbuckle, and that led to the KOD, and Bianca Belair won, and she's the new number one contender. <laughs> she's the new number one contender. Whatever. That's good right. match. I, I did enjoy the, <laughs> the Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair interaction in the match. I thought they looked great. Um, you know, whatever. You you could have you could have let Selena at least pin <laughs> pin Carmella, yeah. so at least she wouldn't be the first one eliminated. Poor Selena, man. Yeah, she's your girl. Has she won anything since she's been back? No, no, no. The only reason why she's even in this contention is because Bianca accepted her challenge once, like five weeks ago, and she's still like riding that wave. <laughs> <laughs> We have a super chat from Sean Wiley, friend of the show. Alfred and Issa, why do you think WWE has never explored the horsewomen? It's time to pull the trigger on that, especially when Bailey gets healthy. Yeah, if, if Bailey's coming back heel, you have all of them as a heel right now. That could be so powerful. Always wanted to see them work together. Also, always wanted to see that four-way match and in a main event of one of the big four. They deserve it. Yeah, and Bianca Belair has been going around in interviews recently saying that her goal is to be the first woman to pin all four horsewomen. And I think that's a great story to be told because she's already got Sasha yeah. Banks and Bailey, and then, you know, going to Raw uh, or maybe a, a Charlotte coming to SmackDown, and then now she has Charlotte and Becky. I mean, she's going to feud with Becky, and then, you know, that'd be a great WrestleMania storyline is maybe by WrestleMania you get it's Charlotte Flair going for 16 and Bianca Belair going for the record of pinning all four horsewomen. I mean, that's... Six months from now, you could book that storyline. It'd be great. Yeah, it will be very interesting. I love, I love that Bianca is mentioning that. It's, you know, the new generation. You know, when they did that whole take back when it was her, Raquel, and Rhea Ripley holding the titles and it felt like a new era of women is coming to take over. I love the fact that she's saying, all right, the Four Horse Women did a lot for the women's division, but it's time right. for this new generation to take over. Absolutely. Well, we go to the current generation because backstage it was Paul Heyman outside of Roman Reigns' locker room. <laughs> he knocks on the door. And, uh, you know, I know he, he's going to get interviewed uh, first. And, um, uh, he, you know, he's kind of blowing off what happened in Brock Lesnar's return. And he goes to open the door and it's locked. And we come back. The Usos come out and they question Heyman. They have a series of really good questions for Heyman. How come you asked us to go to the back? And Heyman says, no, it wasn't me. It was Roman Reigns. And so they're really putting Heyman on his heels and very skeptical of who his alliances are with. So I thought this is very good. What do you think about this segment, uh, Issa? Yeah, I love that. I love that Usos mentioning that and kind of teasing, like, did you know he was coming back? Are you playing us dirty, you know? Um, I would 100% believe that. Paul Heyman has been standing outside of Roman Reigns' locker room since SummerSlam, just waiting to speak to him. Like, I actually believe that. Paul Heyman is so great and such a good storyteller. From the moment that Brock Lesnar's music hit, as good as Lesnar and Roman are, this story has almost turned all about Paul Heyman because yes. we're all sitting here going, where does his loyalty play, you know? And he gets to live another day because... You know, we'll get to it, but no beastie tonight. So good for Paul. I hope he enjoys his breakfast tomorrow. Maybe go for a nice walk, you know, update his will because it's coming and it's not going to be pretty. Paul Heyman and uh, Paul Heyman was the best part of Brock Lesnar's return. Like, oh, Brock yeah, coming back face. was awesome. You know, Roman Reigns, and I missed the facial and everything until I saw it later. And right. when I saw Paul Heyman's face, he told the entire story. He looked like a guy who's like ex-wife and current mistress just saw each other and he had to like split him up. Like he, the face that he had in terms of how terrified he was and like just how conflicted he was. He, he 
captured a lot of emotions in this face. I thought he was just brilliant in that segment. I loved it. It's great at what he does, Paul Heyman. And uh, we go into, and also I'll just say this about the Paul Heyman character that I love about this, is that he is an incorrigible liar, the Paul Heyman character. We've seen him like in the past lie to CM Punk about Brock Lesnar coming back. I had nothing to do with it, and he did. So you don't know whose side he's on for this feud. So I think this potentially could be a great story if they do it right. Who do you think? Who do you think he's gonna be with? It's gotta be Roman. I I, I think it's gonna be a T. It might come to a point where he goes with Brock, and by the time it gets to Brock and Roman, he's in Brock's corner, and then turns on Brock and goes back to Roman. But I, I think they're gonna really strongly tease he goes with Brock, but he'll end up with Roman. Okay. Who do you think he's gonna go with? Brock. Oh wow! Permanently. Yeah, I think I think Roman is fine with the Usos and the bloodline, and he barely uses Paul, if you really think about it, which I think speaks wonders to Roman Reigns' character right now, that you have the best microphone person next to you and you barely use him to cut promos yeah. for you. That's how good Roman Reigns is right now. But because of that, and look at this bloodline and look at what they're teasing with Roman and the Usos, I think it's going to end up with Brock. I don't know. I, I just can't see Brock working babyface without Paul Heyman, but let it play out. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, we'll see. Very interesting. Uh, we go to Gable versus Cesaro. This is a pretty quick match. Cesaro goes for the swing. Otis attacks, and they beat up Cesaro, so he might be getting a tag team partner. Do we care about this, Isa? <laughs> no, but it's good to see Cesaro again. Who would have thought he was challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal title what, a few months ago, and now we haven't seen him in weeks? Um, yeah, I don't I don't care. I know a lot of people are saying that they're invested in this new Otis, but they just have to do something different. I'm just not. I, it doesn't click for me. I haven't seen anybody say they're invested in this new Otis. I did, I mean, I did, well, Otis. In the new Otis, I saw a couple of tweets about it throughout okay. the timeline tonight. Good, good for Otis. Um, I will mention that Kevin Owens was on commentary. Uh, tonight yes. because Pat Maxey's out with COVID. I thought he did a very good job, and he really because you know Cesaro's like a wrestler's wrestler, so a lot of like the boys love him, and he really put over Cesaro. I think he said like Cesaro's swing is like the worst thing I've ever been in, and like you know he's really putting over Cesaro, so I could really tell that he was trying to get Cesaro over. But I thought Kevin Owens did a good job on commentary tonight. I did too. I did too. Always. I actually got very excited when I saw him on commentary. Completely missed Corey Graves because I was so happy to see yeah, <laughs> Kevin yeah, Owens, but I didn't realize Corey Graves was there as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get better too, nice. Paul McAfee. That sucks, man. He, I saw his Twitter and it freaked me out and it made me go get tested just in case. <laughs> I'm yeah. not vaccinated, but we were out there. I saw that and I'm like, maybe I should just be safe, you know. <laughs> So uh, we go uh, to uh, Caleb Braxton is out trying to track down Roman Reigns. Up pulls a Bentley. She's thinking it might be the tribal chief. But no, it's Happy Corbin, ladies and gentlemen. This is the character of glory. Everybody assumed it was going to be a baby face. No, no, no. This might be Baron Corbin at his most obnoxious in terms of being a heel. He comes out. Um, you know, he's, he's rich now. He's got a nice hat, a fedora. And then, yeah, that leads to a Baron Corbin promo where he cuts a promo about winning all this money in Vegas. You know, we see the montage of videos of him going from being really, really homeless and destitute to coming back and being this happy Corbin who's now a rich man, pretty much like the million dollar man. His wife has taken him back. Out comes Big E. Uh, Big E very much enjoying the crowd. This is very funny to see them react because, um, or interact because Corbin was trying to kind of get to the business and do the, but Biggie was just having so much fun interacting with the crowd. I know. Trying to kind of pull up and be like, all right, all right, fine. Interact with the crowd. Go ahead. So uh, Corbin <laughs> offers him not 20,000, 
not fifty thousand, but a hundred thousand dollars for his Money in the Bank briefcase. And uh, Big E declines, walks off. So it looks like they're continuing this. Uh, Issa, your thoughts on Happy Corbin? I love it. I love it so much. I was like literally refreshing his social media throughout the week because I thought he was putting out some great content. As soon as the Bentley pulled up, before you could even see who was driving it, I was already laughing. I was like, no, he didn't. Like, and what happened to the pretty purple car that he had in Vegas? You know, yeah. like I like that one better. I think it was a Corvette. I don't know what it was, but that was a nice car. No, no shade on the Bentley at all. Um, I absolutely love that he was just offering him money. The fact that Corbin was like, why would I wrestle you? I'm rich. Here's some money. <laughs> like, it was so on point. Loved it. Um, complete opposite direction from where I thought they were going with Happy Corbin. And listen, the, I I am so into the storyline. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, as much as I do like Happy Corbin, and I, I, I've i enjoyed the Instagram and the or the Twitter, I guess, storylines that he's been doing, I really uh, think that this is something they should incorporate into the character. Uh, but I will say that there was more intrigue for me in seeing Corbin as a potential homeless baby face, and I think they could have really captured on people oh. falling in love with him before he won all his <laughs> money back and became a jerk. I feel like they went from heel to more of a heel, and they really could have capitalized and de delved deep. And if he was a baby face, always this homeless guy, if he was to just go back as a heel, as a rich guy, I think there would be more layers to his character, and they would they would hate him even more than they do right now. But I just but you, you know. don't think they're going? They could get there. They could. They're going to go back to that because at no point they really have told us how much he's won. Right? He said more than you make in a year, and that's where he left right. it as. What if he gets crazy because he finally got money again and and he runs out again? You know what I mean? I don't know because he hasn't really done anything work-wise to be rich it's just whatever he won in vegas that could with the way he's spending i would assume that's gonna go away soon we'll yeah. see but i do i do like i i like the arrogant corvin um i see your point because at some point i walked next to him at the casino and almost gave him money just because so i can see them being sympathetic towards him but he's doing such a good job and he's so committed we'll see but i like yeah. i like you know i like him getting his 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 groove back and Stellar Justin Lopez actually brings up another point that I very much agree with and I was going to bring up in terms of Cameron Grimes because we just saw this on NXT, so maybe it's a little uh, passe that, that Stellar Justin Lopez for 49 says this pretty much cancels out Grimes' character on the main roster unless they're on different shows. Um, but I will say this uh, about Grimes. They are looking like they're going away from that kind of million-dollar character. With a million-dollar right. uh, belt being a replica, I don't think we're going to see that on TV. And I think they might get away from Cameron Grimes being this rich guy. So we'll see if they go with that. But if they do, it's a very good point that on Tuesday you're going to watch this guy who's like a rich man and buys all this stuff. And then three days later, it's SmackDown, uh, Happy Corbin doing kind of the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing, but... You know, I, I can I, I see the similarities in the characters. I don't see Cameron Grimes coming up anytime soon. Right. And I also agree with you in the fact that they're going to go in a different direction with him now that the million dollar title is out of the picture. So we get uh, Rick Boogs and uh, Issa's favorite, or one of Issa's favorite, Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Dirty Dogs. Uh, this was, you know, it was a solid wrestling match, but I think the story here is like, I think they're really pushing Rick Boogs. I think they're really uh, getting behind this guy because that's where the commentary was the focus, Kevin Owens. And I do agree with Kevin Owens saying that he pulled off a denim singlet, which I don't think we've seen much of in pro wrestling. Uh, and Rick Boogs won with the pump handle power slam. He got a setup move before. Uh, this Rick Booth, man, I'm telling you, he, he's uh, the most overachieving superstar on the roster. I think uh, you got to so look good. out for him. 
So good. First of all, as somebody who wore an entire denim outfit to SummerSlam, I popped for the Dennis for the denim singlet. I was like, yes, denim is making a comeback. Um, yeah, I absolutely adore Rebuff. I think he's so over. I think also Shinsuke is. And if you start looking at the booking, and I get it because Shinsuke has a title now. Shinsuke hasn't lost a match or a tag match in months. It's been a long time since Shinsuke lost a match. So that's something to keep an eye on. I always like to see when they slow build people because that's how they did McIntyre. Remember, McIntyre won a bunch of matches and he went so under the radar until he was on top. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was entertaining. We'll see where they go. Yeah, we did get an insert promo from uh, Apollo Crews, um, which is kind of jarring that, like, you know that Shinsuke is a singles champion and Apollo Crews is now vying for the IC title, but Boots and Nakamura are, like, rising as a tag team. Like, they're winning all these tag team matches together. So it'll be interesting to see how they spin those two off and have Shinsuke go after uh, Apollo Crews and vice versa, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, very much I just don't want them to break them up. I don't want yeah. Boots to break up with Shinsuke and try to go after the IC title. I like them together, and I like the, the music and the entrances. Hopefully, they don't break them up too soon. Yeah, yeah. Too much of a good thing uh, if they do break up. I hope they don't uh, do it anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, WWE, that's why they put people together is to break them up. They're already established. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so we go backstage. This is a weird segment. It was Naomi and Sonya Deville. So uh, Sonya Deville is acting busy and really playing up how disheveled SmackDown is. So she didn't even know that Naomi was back. Naomi's back, ready to, you know, get into the SmackDown title picture, kind of get into action. And uh, Sonya Deville is just kind of giving her the give it time treatment, saying that she'll get to her next week. What did you think about this? Uh, I wanted Naomi to slap the crap out of Sonya Deville and, and the way that she acted in. Yeah, let it play out. It's going to go somewhere. But I hated it. You know, for somebody who comes out, you know, and what's talking about the women's division on SmackDown, how important it is. You have somebody that's, you know, a big deal. And you're just like, I didn't even know you were going to be here. I was like, but if this is the tease of a, a Naomi Hilton or Naomi possibly joining the bloodline and, and, you know, getting her respect. I'm here for this. Ultimately, just seeing Naomi's face on TV was just an awesome highlight for me because it's been too long. And I hate this that they have these talented people. They're, they're nowhere to be seen. If you look at the SmackDown women's roster right now, it is stacked. But we only yeah. see like a 20% of it. Why? You know, so hopefully we start seeing we start seeing shades of of Naomi wanting people to respect her because they should and they they don't. I, I, I really wanted her to slap. Sonya the Bill, and maybe that could be what, what brings Sonya the Bill back, because I also would love to see her back in the ring. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you in terms of like, this is what's more frustrating after you saw that opening segment was that if you're going to do the thing where one challenger after another comes back, why not Tony Stone, Storm, followed by Naomi, and then you just get all these new fresh blood who, that would be a better case in terms of wanting a challenge for a title is, uh, you, know, you know, now that they're back and they're credible and they're ready for a new shot, I would buy that much more than these women that we've I was seen saying that. time and time. Yeah. Liv Morgan, Naomi, Tony Storm, and Bianca on an elimination match for that number one contender would have been money. But at the same time, it also doesn't make sense that Bianca is trying to get number one contender when she deserves a rematch. Um, this is, I hate using the term deserves rematch because I hate the rematch clause and I was glad when they got rid of it, but not really. But in this particular case, it's like she took a match that she wasn't really for. She should have never even wrestled at SummerSlam. Like all the reasons make sense for her to not have to do the underdog fight her way back to the title thing. Whatever. But yeah, you have a lot of girls that could have came out and fought that match, and we don't see the same things that we've seen for the last three months. Right. Absolutely. 
Now, this next segment, maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist or paranoid. I thought we're next level trolling by WWE. Possibly. Oh, God. Because Dominic Mysterio is coming out. He's, okay, we get the same segment that we get every week from him and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is saying he needs to take a step back. Dominic wants to do this on his own. Uh, so they're still going with this. Dominic is going to get a surprise opponent coming up next. Now, Adam Cole is training all day today because today is his last day of his contract. There are all these wild theories. Oh, Adam Cole, here's how he's going to show up on SmackDown. And that really gained a lot of steam headed into SmackDown. Surprise opponent. A lot of people excited. I'm reading the timelines. The surprise, I didn't expect it to be Adam Cole, but it's a I didn't either. Part. You never know. Surprise opponent comes out. It is Sami Zayn, who I will say I'm very happy to see Sami Zayn back. Like he's been gone. And I think every time he's on TV, he's great. And somehow he's disappeared, but he's back. And I just thought that, you know, they were really building up a surprise. And I think a lot of people expected. But that's their problem. You know, they did expect Adam Cole. It was not Adam Cole at all. I never expected it to be Adam Cole. I think, I know he was in the chat earlier. Still, our Justin Lopez tweeted it. I replied, I was like, you stop that. It's not Adam Cole. I didn't <laughs> think it was going to be Adam Cole. But listen, I love that. I love that. I, I didn't watch, I did watch wrestling, but not, you know, American wrestling. I grew up in Puerto Rico. So I wasn't here for this Monday Night Wars and, and all this era that people want to relive. But I got to tell you, if, if this is, a little bit of what that felt like. I can see why people loved it so much because right now the speculation of a contract is up. Where are they going to show up? Almost makes watching more fun than, than knowing, you know? Like, you don't know what Adam Cole is going to be. All the teases that we saw on social media from AEW people today, I I didn't think we were going to see him. I think he's going to AEW just based on what we're seeing them kind of like put out there and the Easter eggs, um, which AW is amazing with the Easter egg. I gotta yeah. give him props for that. But yeah, I, I was happy to see Sammy saying, and I'm still waiting for the moment that like they're they're stretching it, but Dominic just needs to punch Rey Mysterio already. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. What I is mean, he gonna do? He punch you back? He can't, he can't even read, <laughs> you know. We've got a hint toward that. I mean, I'm just waiting for the field trip, but it has, I feel like whenever it comes, it'll be like at least three weeks too late because Dominic, of course, loses after Ray comes down, uh, despite Ray saying that he was going to let him do it on his own, loses via Haluva kick, and then Dominic kind of shrugged off Ray. He's getting very frustrated with his father. Yeah. Yeah, but I did like like Ray said when Ray said he was gonna stay back. Did he did he mean that like all together? Oh, my bottles. Or did he mean that as in you know, like in general, like it's time for me to step back. I didn't, right. I didn't click if he was talking about just tonight or just like, you're going to fly on your own little kid. I don't know, yeah. but I'm also tired of them treating Dominic like a kid. He's like 20 something years old. I know. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's very concerning too, because these are the, that's the age of the person who needs to be pushed right now as a serious single star. That's the age of somebody that WWE, WWE even knows it in terms of them looking for people under 30. So you look at somebody in their mid-20s and call them a kid like they're not ready yet. It's like, no, 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 that's the age that you need to succeed right now if you want your audience to get younger. Correct. Look at MJF. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have our, there's so many young league. guys in AEW that are being pushed the right way at the right age. In in WWE right now, it feels like your peak, your prime is in your 30s, which it shouldn't be, really. I agree. Well, Roman Reigns' prime is in his 30s, and they had a family celebration. Now, this was brought He's up in a super chat earlier. And I, I definitely wanted to shout this out because this is one of my favorite things on the show, and this is why I love the Roman Reigns character so much, is that he's with Paul Heyman, and this is kind of the first time they've really kind of interacted since uh, the Brock Lesnar incident. And he just flat out tells Wiseman that you're our family, and I love you. 
And this is the character Roman Reigns, similar to what we were talking about a month ago with how he handled Jimmy Uso, where you think that, okay, they're going to fight eventually. Like, they're on the verge of fighting, but he just plays it cool, and he psychologically tricks him into joining his, you know, bloodline by saying, I love you, you, I need you, your family. And this is like, he's just as physically imposing as he is psychologically imposing. And I just think it's a great wrinkle for Roman Reigns. So good that interaction of them be before coming out. The Usos in the background staring with that weird your mad sauce look. You know, yeah, it, was, it was done. It, yeah, it was done perfect. Um, Paul Heyman is playing his character so well right now. So is Roman because there's a part of you that thinks, yeah, he does love him. He is family. He's been here since this turn since Roman came back. You know, but there's a part of you that goes like, yeah, Roman's messing with him, and, and this is not gonna be pretty. You know, and I cannot wait for Brock to return, which was supposed to be tonight, right? Um, but yeah. I cannot wait for Brock to return and Roman to retrieve and just leave him on his own, staring at the face of the beast. Oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> It'd be excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, so we get this family celebration. I didn't notice the Usos were very over. Not that Roman Reigns wasn't, but these people like were going crazy for the Usos. And they were doing the yeah. Usos chant like even before they started talking. So Where uh, was SmackDown tonight? Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah, kind of random because these are Bay Area guys. And, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, you know, Pensacola, Florida, maybe. But um, they were cutting the promo and started getting into it. And then Finn Balor comes out and uh, he challenges for the Universal Championship. Uh, Finn Balor then jumps uh, and, uh, you know, it starts to attack Roman Reigns, but he gets beat down. Here come the Street Profits. They run off Reigns of the Usos. Finn Balor hits a coup de grace on one of the Usos. I believe it was Jimmy. And then uh, Finn Balor and the Street Profits stand tall as SmackDown goes off the air. Issa! Are you worried about Roman Reigns' title reign because now Finn Balor is coming for it? No. No chance in hell. That's what Finn Balor has right now, okay? Listen, <laughs> when that music is, I'm over here like, all right, but where's Brock? You know, like, that's all I'm wondering. I'm like, where is Brock? I thought they were all going to retrieve and poor Finn was going to get destroyed by Brock. No Brock. Street Profits coming out. Doesn't make a lot of sense because we never really seen them interact with Finn or why they will be making the save just because they're all baby faces, I guess. But Street Profits and the Usos, I don't care how we get there. We're getting there. We've been talking about this field for a long time. We got what one match and one tease about it, so I'm excited. Um, but yeah, I'm not I, Finn Balor. Like I forgot about him, like getting like John Cena kind of doing him wrong until his music hit tonight. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there's yeah. still that. Which I mean it makes sense, but you kind of baited us and switched us because I really thought they announced Brock and Becky were both going to be on SmackDown. I even sent out a tweet where I was like, well, USA Network probably cried about it and he's going to show up on Monday instead now. Like, I don't know, you know, like it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, and poor Finn is absolutely right. Because Finn Balor's role is like, they've slotted him time and again in this role. Like, oh, I didn't want Finn Balor in this spot. Like, it's, they tease right. you, they put John Cena out there, and they say, no, 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 Finn Balor. And it's like, no, 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 we want John Cena. Now they're putting Brock Lesnar out there, and they're putting Finn Balor. It's like uh, there's a fighter named Clay Guida in the UFC. That's the role he would have where it's like you'd have to beat Clay Guida to get to the really right. exciting matchup. <laughs> but they would just put Clay Guida as, like, the gatekeeper. And poor Clay, it's like they're marketing him as a guy before the guy. And I don't think that's fair to Finn Balor. But I will say that there's something that they're doing right. We we skipped over the backstage segments with Edge and Seth, oh, yeah, but they yes, both yes. said they're coming for the Universal title. Now you have Finn Balor saying it, and you have this 
un unknown Brock Lesnar factor. So I love the fact that, first of all, yes, everybody should be wanting to go after the Universal title and Roman Reigns right now. So it makes all the sense in the world. But I love the fact that you have so many ships that you can insert here, depending on what works for you and your narrative right now. Because the thing that upsets me about that is that if that's the case, then I almost wish Brock would have came back for Bobby Lashley because I've always wanted that match. So it's like, have Brock come back for Bobby Lashley. Uh, maybe put a short range just so you get Brock and, and, and Roman at Survivor Series. We tease it that way before you go full-blown and put him on SmackDown and we do the Paul Heyman thing. But, you know, if you have so many contenders on SmackDown for Roman, then why not give us... Uh, maybe I'm just salty because I always wanted to see Lashley and Brock, but it's like, why not do that? And, and let's just wait out this Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar story. Yeah, no, they can absolutely stretch that out. And let's let's get to the Seth and Edge uh, segment before we go to AEW. I'm glad you brought that up. This is very interesting, the pair of promos. Like you said, they both alluded to wanting the universal title. But yeah. Seth Rollins' promo, so he's kind of building up like he's going to be upset, and then he just kind of gets calm. He says, congratulations, and he talks about Edge. And very facetious, obviously, tongue-in-cheek, him congratulating Edge for the great job he did. But then he says, like, well, maybe I need to be more like you. And this kind of scared the hell out of me that this character is now going to start yeah. dressing like Edge and be like an Edge light, like how Edge alluded to. And I hope that's not the direction they take, even ironically, because the last thing that <laughs> Seth Rollins' character needs is to be more of a character. He's going to be the vampire slayer. He's just he's just playing mind games right now, you know? Um, I personally love his drip tonight. I am even wearing my little black fur because after yeah. he wore his, I was like, let me pull mine out of the closet too. Like, I thought he looked great. I love the little psychotic smile moment at the end. I didn't think about it from your perspective. Now that you're saying that, yeah, I don't need Seth being Edge light. I need Seth being Seth Rollins, right? Which yeah. is what he was trying to prove to Edge. As far as Edge promos goes, I could not concentrate because his hair Look like he could use a mask or some kind of oil, hot oil treatment. Maybe Beth is too busy planning this wedding. <laughs> Maybe we need Sable to stop doing Brock's hair and come and help out your boy Edge because his hair was a mess tonight. But I love, I love the fact that there's so many people that could go after Roman Reigns right now that we really don't know what's next for him, even though they kind of told us it was going to be Brock. Is that really what's next for him? We don't know. And Edge is living a gimmick. He's talking up how he had to go to a dark place. So, you know, when you go to a dark place, you don't have time to do your hair. And he's going a little cuckoo. Maybe that's what he was trying to go for. Yeah, but if you become a vampire, like, does your hair stay the same way as you were when you got bit? So, like, if you have bad hair day, the day that you became immortal, are you going to have bad hair for forever? You know what I mean? Like, it's not fixable. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask Eddie Murphy when he was a vampire. Uh, a, yeah, I'm going to have to find out. I'm going to have to find Edward from Twilight and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I thought that was a it was a decent show. I didn't think it was bad for a SummerSlam follow-up. It was okay. Uh, you know, I think it could have been better, but I thought, I did like the main event segment, and I, I thought Becky's return was handled good enough, but, I, you know, I thought that it left something to be desired, to be honest. Yeah, so they're waiting for Brown. Don't announce him if he's not coming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, doubt. I, I mean, I hope he's okay. I doubt that COVID will go near Brock. I would assume even COVID is scared of Brock Lesnar. Oh, no. So I, no I hope he's okay. But it was it was weird that they I um could have sworn they announced him for tonight and right. then nowhere to be found. But it wasn't the only segment we didn't get. We'll get into Rampage. Yeah, it would be the first time for a WWE. But let's get into Rampage. Uh, Rampage from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the world champion Milwaukee Bucks, Issa. 
Did you know that Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 50 points to beat the Phoenix Suns, uh, leading to the Bucks' first championship over 50 years? It was a great, great We're kind moment. of going long tonight, so let's just get to <laughs> rant. <laughs> we get into the opening match. I, I don't think we could ever go long talking about Giannis. We get into the opening match. Speaking of Giannis, I bring him up because he was ringside watching what I thought was one of the best tag team matches of the year between the Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express. I mean, too much to get into. We get all kinds of craziness. Ray Phoenix was a freaking superstar in this match. Uh, I thought Penta was excellent in this match, but as good as Penta was, I mean, Ray Phoenix just, he, he had all kinds of crazy stuff he was doing. He was doing the springboard with the, with the ropes. He had a lot of Canadian destroyer spots. At one point, uh, Penta jumped off of Ray Phoenix's back and hit a uh, Canadian destroyer on the apron. You had a kick out at one by Luchasaurus. So they're doing all kinds of stuff. Giannis is going crazy for it. In the end, the Lucha Bros beat Jurassic Express, and they are going to go on to face the Young Bucks in a steel cage. What did you think about this, Issa? Oh, my God. Now, that's how you start a show, right? Compared to how they started Wednesday, this was hot. It was ready to go. Love the match. Loved the finish. Was not expecting it. I was I was sitting here maybe overthinking who was going to win, thinking, well, they probably won the crowd singing Jungle Boys to team music. So I'm assuming based on crowd pleasing, Jurassic Express has to be in the car next weekend, right? So it was a nice surprise because I did want the Lucha Bros to win. Oh my God, they are so good. I love the kick out by uh, Lucha Soros at one because he should be kicking out at one. He's a strong yeah. dude. Um, yeah, I think this match is going to be epic at um all out and it it makes me wonder they're gonna be the ones to dethrone the young bucks we'll see yeah listen ray phoenix is probably my favorite in AEW. ray phoenix inside a steel cage is gonna be amazing my heart's gonna be in my throat for all the crazy stuff that he's probably planning to do with that steel cage so excited it's actually my first AEW event so um this is probably one of the matches i'm the most excited for i think this one impact and andrade so the excellent. Stella Justin Lopez about to talk some trash. Uh, this is not a dig at Al, normally would be, but damn, could they possibly cut to Giannis more than they already did? Now, that's one of three. I like how he's organized the super chats. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Every kick out a high spot, it cut to him. I'm pretty sure they paid him off because not even common fans mark react like that. Dude. I mean, hey, he was just, he was living, man. And then number three out of three, the final, uh, <laughs> took focus off the match. I don't think so. You can never, they should have had a Giannis cam the entire show. That would have made it seem like more of an A show. But yes, they cut to Listen. Giannis a lot. And he was doing Listen, Alfred, I'm going to have to agree with, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I know a thing of two about reacting to wrestling. You know, I, I would like to say that I know a little bit about wrestling reactions. I agree with Justin Lopez. You know, he's like, as somebody that even sometimes goes a little extra, I, I, I don't even go that extra. I would have hate to be the people that pay for the seats behind him because the dude would yeah. not sit down. I would have thrown hands right then and there and be like, bro, I pay. You didn't pay for your seats. I pay for mine. He could do anything he wants in Milwaukee. He's a guy. Maybe if he was in like uh, you know Jersey or Phoenix, they would be mad at him standing up. But no, not uh, not in Milwaukee. But no, I agree. <laughs> they cut to man. Everybody follow NYC Demon Diva on YouTube. She has a great reaction channel. Um, watch her reaction to Carrie Cross. I thought that was brilliant, Issa. <laughs> you really captured it. It was such uh, a legit reaction to what the hell was that? <laughs> uh, so the Lucha brothers take that one. The Young Bucks were ringside for this, got their custom-made chairs and kind of teased, uh, you know, some physicality with uh, the Lucha brothers. But we're going to be getting that. Then we get, uh, they really built to this, and I thought it was very underwhelming. It was CM Punk and Darby Allen. They were going to hear comments from them. It was really just kind of a video package. 
with CM Punk saying a lot of what he but said. That's what it was. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was doing a pre-show stream and I went on to allelite.com just to like talk about what to expect tonight. And in their website, they say we will see what's next for CM Punk and Darby Allen. So I thought we were going to get either a backstage sit down split screen like we do or something. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to pay off with a video package. It felt a little not what they advertise if you would have read it the way they put it on their website. Yeah, if you see CM Punk and Darby Allen on the poster facing off, like they're going to hear comments from both of them. I was kind of expecting they'd be appearing live. I understand yeah. not wanting to pay off, but this is, yeah, I absolutely agree. This is not what I expected. And even if they were, like, it's not like I would have been upset with the tape promo. I didn't think if there was like a taped backstage promo between the two, I would look forward to that too. But that's not at all what this was. This was, you probably got. Do you uh, know who CM seconds. Punk? Do you not put CM Punk on every show until at least All Out just because it's such a high for your brand right now? You know what I mean? And I get yeah. it. In their eyes, they probably put him there for a video package. But this show was taped. He was there. <laughs> you know, you could have taped something backstage. I don't know. To me, like, I know that's what Raj was talking about in the beginning. But it's just like you have such a... So, so many people coming in to check it out right now. And for them to just get a video package, that's, that's probably a turnoff. Uh oh! Then we get to what I thought was the best thing on the show. Uh, Miro is out to talk. His music hits, and he gets the pyro and the display, and immediately you see Fuego del Sol rolling out, very similar to what Lance Archer used to do when he would enter and beat somebody up. But that's what Miro did: is that you see Fuego del Sol rolling down. Now, if you remember, a couple weeks ago, AEW broke a stipulation, which is exactly what happened. Don't let anybody tell you different. AEW broke its stipulation in saying that Fuego del Sol. Uh, would get a contract if he beat Miro. He did not beat Miro, uh, but he got a contract anyway. And Miro's not happy about this. Beats the hell out of Fuego del Sol. And then he goes, show your face to the Lord. And he snatches his mask off. I'm so savage. Uh, Miro is just the best heel, uh, maybe in AEW in terms of a monster heel. I, I thought he was great in the segment. Uh, after he did this, this brings out Eddie Kingston, who he's been calling out, and they have a pretty good brawl. Eddie Kingston teases like they're about to start going back and forth, and then he just drops a mic, and they start brawling, brings out security. Uh, what did you think about this segment, Issa? Uh, I just popped so hard to just see Fuego just roll out. Like, that was so epic. And it was great because you saw the TNT Championship graphic. So you knew already who was kicking the crap out of him. <laughs> Miro is in a different level Shout out to them for understanding that they were going in a complete wrong direction with him and turning it around. I don't want him to drop this title. I love everything that he's doing from just kicking Mayor ass. Agree with you. They broke a stipulation. I don't care what they want to say. If it was a wholesome moment, yes, but you still broke what you said, you know, what's going to happen. Um, I love everything about him kicking butt, uh, calling himself God's favorite champion and, and acting like what he's doing is for the Lord when he's just straight up being an ass. To the thirsting for Lana in every promo. I pop for that too. I think Miro is doing absolutely perfection and I hope that they don't have him drop this title anytime soon. He's so good right now. This is this is what I wanted to see for years now when it comes to Miro slash Rusev and I am living for it every day. I, I can't get enough. I wish he would wrestle more often, but it makes me look forward to his matches even more. Yeah, I really hope they don't take this title off him for a while. And I hope it's not, as much as I like Eddie Kingston, he's not the guy to yeah. beat Miro for this title. Oh, also, special shout out to Eddie Kingston for looking as New York as he gets when yeah, he came he out there in the Timp and everything. I was like, yes, that's my boy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, this is this is a fun segment, and I just I think I'm at the point where I think Nero right now is better than his peak at, at when he was Rusev. Whether it was heel Rusev, whether it was yeah. Rusev Day, which were both very entertaining. This is my favorite version of Rusev slash Nero. I think he was great. Same, same. I'm with you on that. So then we get uh, the Bunny against Ty Conti. Uh, they really play up Ty Conti. I believe it was a 15 match win streak she was on, and uh, yeah. In the end, they, they, I, I actually enjoyed this match in terms of they did a lot of judo and the, the Tai Conti has this judo style, which I think she's really adapted mm-hmm. to pro wrestling. And uh, the bunny ends up winning after uh, the blade brings in brass knucks. The bunny uses them with rough distraction and the bunny shocks Tai Conti. What did you think about this result? I'm a big Ty Canty fan, so I kind of didn't like it. I think that they were building her up. I remember when she lost that title match, I thought she looked like a star that night. And there were so many times that I thought she could, she was going to win it, you know? And I thought that if you kept building this winning streak, she could be somebody that could be a contender for Britt Baker, maybe even in between pay-per-views or somewhere. I, I, I did think it, she lost some momentum tonight, but I'm also assuming with this, um, battle Royal in the pre-show that we're going to have maybe some surprise entrances and that's going to be the people that win, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, yeah. Ruby Soho, maybe, I don't I'm know, the, but I really, really wanted to see her win. We don't see her on TV often enough, but we hear about her and then I, I didn't like her losing ultimately, but the match was good and it was very physical. It was different and I did like that. Me neither, especially because they talked up this win streak, and it's really easy to roll your eyes yeah. at these winning streaks that happen on Dynamite and or Dark and shows that people aren't necessarily watching. But when they legitimize that by having somebody win on a national television show, then it's like, okay, so these win streaks mean something. And to do this, especially with a character like Ty Conti, which I think is really cooking right now, and if they feature her more, she yeah. could really be a superstar. But I was very shocked to see her lose this. As talented as Bunny is, I think she's a really – Ali is a very good uh, wrestler in terms of Bunny – but I didn't think this yeah. was the time to be Ty Conti and end this win streak that they were talking about. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I gave him a little bit of props for doing a slight distraction so it wasn't like a full-on clean loss, but I, yeah. I didn't want her to lose. Definitely. We get to the main event. Uh, we have, and I like this about AEW Rampage, is they have these kind of talking segments between the two combatants before the main event. Really does make it feel like mixed martial arts or boxing or something like that. So they do that with Kenny and Christian. It was a fun you know, segment between the two of them not saying anything different. Basically, Christian's saying he's going to beat Kenny again. He's figured him out. And they get into this tag team match. And, uh, you know, it, it, the story of this match really was Brandon Cutler taking a lot of punishment. I think he's so great as a goon. I love Brandon Cutler with the spray. Most spray improved. No, as, Most as, as, improved. No, yeah. I just think, yeah. I love that. But, like, as, a, as like a goon, as, like, their the running buddy that gets yeah. beat up all the time. I mean, he was taking a lot of punishment from Kazarian and Christian. And in the end, Kenny Omega just left him, uh, as he's been doing recently, just kind of walks off and allowing Christian to get the pin. So this is a fun tag team match. I think Cutler stood out, you know, just for being Cutler and kind of the job guy and knowing his role. Uh, but this was a tag team match. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I love seeing Brand- Brandon Cutler, like you said. I, I absolutely love how he used to never want to cheat because he was such a good guy to now cheating all the time for them. Like, it was so hard for him to cheat on the beginning. Now he loves it. Um, Kenny Omega leaving him is just hilarious. I, I really hope we get some footage of this at BTE because Cutler was on the ring. Who's going to shoot this? Anyways, um, I, I I do give props to 
AEW Rampage 4 featuring different stars and different matches every week. That is the one thing that stood out to me the most today. It's like the when I think of what three episodes in we're on now, we've seen different main events, different people featured. Like they're doing an awesome job at using this show for getting you the people that you didn't get to see. But at the same time, you're seeing big stars. We saw Moxley last week main event. Now we saw the, the world champion main event. You know, I think the Elite Hunter is the biggest boner kill in wrestling right now i don't know what it is every time that man comes out i'm just like oh god so <laughs> even pairing him with christian i'm so over him but yeah overall fun show but not a must watch in my opinion exactly. i feel like AEW is on a weird slow like let's just take it easy this week because next week is our biggest week and we gotta like make sure we're all rested because both shows just felt very fun but nothing that you have to watch that you couldn't miss outside of CM Punk. This show for Rampage has to be the exception and not the rule. This is not the type of Rampage that is going to garner them a consistent rating on Friday nights in this slot. They need to really run with the momentum. They're very insistent that Rampage is going to be just as much of an A show as Dynamite. And this was the first time I watched Rampage and thought, like, this was a B show. I didn't need to see any of this. Like you said, there was a lot of good stuff on this, but a lot of the stuff you could have seen on Dynamite. And um, there's nothing that I felt like I had to tune into Rampage. And this cannot be a trend for Rampage. Like, they cannot have too many shows like this otherwise people will write it off on friday nights after nine hours of wrestling yeah it's probably the first rampage where i was scrolling a lot throughout my you know throughout my timeline and just getting ready Mm. for the podcast and you know but we'll see where it goes the one good thing about it is that it's an hour it flows by nicely regardless of whether it's must watch television or just a couple of good matches here and there very excited for the tag team match at all out after seeing the outcome today i still hope we get jungle boy in the car somehow though yeah definitely especially with uh jurassic express because i'm very much enjoying luchasaurus as well uh but that's your show rampage smackdown what show did you prefer tonight isa smackdown I agree. I thought SmackDown was a superior show. Um, Rampage, uh, hopefully next week they'll have a real go-home show in terms of going to Chicago. I'm sure they will. I'm sure it's going to be a loaded-up show and a fun show. Uh, but that is uh, the podcast. Uh, Issa, tell the people where they can see you, react on YouTube, go on Twitter and whatnot. Where can the people find you? At NYC Team Diva on YouTube, this close to 15,000. We just celebrated hey. 10. We're already almost at 15. And you can see the Twitter handle over here. You can follow me there as well. Excellent. Well, follow me at This Is Nasty. And listen, I'm closing in on 1,000 followers, my first 1,000. You should have a million. (laughs) You should have a million. Your channel is elite. (laughs) I appreciate that, Issa. Thank you. That really means a lot. Uh, But no, I'm very happy. Uh, To be honest, it was a three-year plan to go to 1,000. My goal for this year was 100. And uh, you guys have been very nice to me. So uh, continue to please shower me with love. AEW's favorite YouTube channel, I've been told. uh, Pro Wrestling Bits. And follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. It's been a fun show. As always, Issa, I will see you and I'll see everybody at Wrestling Inc. Uh, what is this? On Tuesday, we cover NXT. Tuesday night, for NXT. Colorful NXT. Colorful NXT. New era NXT. Wow, that'll be fun. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.